Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Bunker in an undisclosed cul-de-sac, it is Texas Football Today, (laughs) a show on the Internet. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, of course, my website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. I hear Shahan again. Why do I hear Shahan? Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here in my home office, uh, surrounded by a little basketball man. Sitting over there in the palatial Dave Campbell's Texas Football Studios, she is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Happy Monday. Hi, Ashley. Happy Monday, indeed. Um, a Monday that you can probably get behind here. Like, this might be... Oh, no, this is the only good Monday. Monday. Yeah, like... This it's is the only good be. Monday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today is Monday, November 23rd, 2020. Three days until Thanksgiving. Yeah. Episode 1072. 1072, the number of hits allowed by Darren Oliver in his illustrious Texas Rangers career. On today's show, friends got a big, 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 big show. We are going to uh, roll out Monday Morning Fallout, overreact to the football weekend. Then we're going to unveil the new Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings for 6A private and the 6A. 5A and the private school ranks. I said private, which is a combination of 5A and private. But it's um, like, this, that's like if you're bougie, like bougie private schools. Yeah. Private. Um, no, but this will be the last week of the private school rankings as we wanted to wait one more week to see, to make sure that most of the leagues were in the playoffs. Now most leagues are in the playoffs. This will be the last week of private school rankings. Uh, we'll unveil the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees and the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Teams of the Week. And in lieu of a full campus crawl, since there were only, instead of saying they did not play eight times, eight times. we're just going to do a, a college football whip around. And so we will uh, run through the 12, uh, the, the four, three rather FBS games involving Texas teams uh, from this weekend. So we will get into that coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. Uh, William Dyson, Aaron Arbuckle, Ed McElroy, and Jeremy Meredith. Welcome in, fellas. William Dyson. Was that the name of the guy who created the T-1000 in Terminator? Was that William Dyson? His last name was Dyson. No. Hold on. I have no idea. I'm Miles Dyson. Do. I'm sorry. I apologize. I apologize to William Dyson. You did not create the Terminator. 
Okay, there's that. Um, okay, before we get to Monday Morning Fallout, I'm glad you have the text lineup because do. we need your help. Okay? You, the viewer. I mean, I guess your help too if you have an idea. But 972-532-6665. So as you know, Wednesday is our Thanksgiving spectacular. Okay? So we're going to be getting ready for Thanksgiving, getting ready for the best day of the year, all that jazz. Here's what we need from you. We need a dumb segment idea. Okay? Last year, we had the Thanksgiving food draft. I just don't want to keep running back the Thanksgiving food draft because that gets stale. Mm -hmm. You know? I don't want to do that. So, I'm going to leave it up to you guys. If you have a Thanksgiving-themed dumb segment idea, it has to be dumb. Don't come up to me and be like, just talk about how the pilgrims were. I don't want that. I want a dumb, I want a dumb um, uh, segment idea. Okay, you well, know this show. Go. Yeah. Yes. 9725326665. 9725DMOK. 9725321Monk. Text us with your dumb Thanksgiving segment idea, and the best one is what we will do. Pickle, you also start thinking. Okay. I have dumb thoughts. Because I can do that. <laughs> I have dumb thoughts. I can do that. That's that's <laughs> put that stitch cross stitch that on a pillow. Um all right. Without further ado, Pickle. Hit the air at science. Time for Monday Morning Fallout. Monday Morning Fallout, of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and oh boy. There is plenty to overreact there to. There are a lot to overreact to. Okay. Let's start with my three big thoughts. Please say it. Thought number one. What? Say it with the, the voice. No. Oh. Are you not entertained? We'll start with my three big thoughts. <laughs> Thought number one. I'm sorry, I didn't. I, this is this is this is a miscommunication because we're not in the same room. <laughs> Are you not entertained? There, there's one game we're going to talk about that I think is going to going to dominate the conversation. But overall, I thought the area round of the small school playoffs brought the bangers. I thought we had some fantastic games. Bushland beat Wall in overtime in a fantastic matchup. Uh, we had, uh, we had uh, you know, there were games, I think, outside of the playoffs. Pearland Dawson's overtime win over Alvin Shadow Creek was imp incredibly impressive. <laughs> you had absolute bangers everywhere you looked. Uh, and I think that that is part of the allure of getting the deeper into the playoffs is that if you believe that too many teams make the playoffs, which they don't, but if you believe that, then what you think is that as you kind of separate the wheat from the chaff, so to speak, then the games are just going to get better and better. And we saw that at every level. Uh, Sterling City's win over um, Rankin, 188, is a certified banger, right? I mean, we had fantastic games at every single level of the, of the brackets this year, this week. But... I think obviously one thing that a lot of people are going to be talking about and I think are still talking about is uh, Corpus Christi Miller. Uh, Corpus Christi Miller beats Lampasas uh, in a game that like we had diagnosed correctly, but I don't know anybody who picked Miller to actually beat Lampasas. No. Um, but Miller beats Lampasas. What was the final? 56 to... 52, is that right? Yes. 
53-49. They won by four because I know they had to go for a touchdown. They couldn't get field goal. Um, and, and, and Andrew Boddy, their quarterback for Miller, um, put on an absolute three-ring circus of a show. I mean, it was, it was, it was spectacular. It was uh, so Ace great Whitehead when games like that lives up to like live up to the hype. I mean they That's exactly every you, you facet know, of that game lived up to the hype. You know, you're you're so right because that game I think we spent the whole week kind of thinking about it, like, oh man, this could be great. This could be great. But a lot of times whenever you do that, what ends up happening is one team doesn't show up mm-hmm. and you're like, Ugh, okay. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. All right. We were really excited this week about Malakoff and Pottsboro. Right, really excited about that. It could be a really nice nip and tuck game. Um, Malakoff just goes and blows her doors off. Malakoff just came out firing them. in that game. Mm-hmm. You know, that happens. I think more often than we're willing to admit, simply because we're football analysts or whatever, and we feel like we we're supposed to know what's what's gonna what's coming down the pike. Mm-hmm. This was a game in which I think everybody was like, I think this is gonna be a high scoring fun shootout. And guess what we got? A high scoring Fun shootout that came down to literally the final play. It came down to a fourth and one uh, inside the inside the five uh, for uh, uh, for Lampasas trailing by four, and the Miller defense stones Ace Whitehead to take the ball over and pull off the upset. And now, by the way, I mean here. So so here's and it kind of gets into a bigger conversation of like. We're a big believer that to be the man, you got to beat the man. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's like our kind of operating principle around here. Well, Miller just knocked off the number two team in the state in land passes, mm-hmm. right? The team that I think I had picked to go to a title game. I'm fairly certain Step had picked to go to a title game. I'm fairly certain Ish had picked to go to a title game. Uh, I don't. I did you have land passes in the title game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they were the favorite to come out of that right side of the bracket. So here's my question. Is it Miller now? I mean, who's going to stop that offense? That, 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 their offense, and, and, and was, was, it was so much fun to watch. And, and I'm, just, I'm just really, really, that's the kind of game that gets you buzzing. That's the kind of game I've said before. This is going to sound really ugly, Okay. But a lot of high school football games, if you take a look at, oh, you know, they're on an average Friday night in the normal times, obviously not now, but in an average Friday night, there are like 600 games scattered across the state. And realistically, 450 of them are not that interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like one team's going to run away with it. One team's going to do this. You know, there's, there's a clear favorite, this and that, right? When high school football is not always spectacular. It's not always great. But when it's good, it's the best. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we got, I would say, over the course of the entire weekend. You had a lot of just outstanding games everywhere you looked. And, and it's going to make for, for an even fun, uh, even more fun uh, next couple of weeks. So that's thought number one. Thought number two, breakthroughs come in different shapes. So the college football landscape this weekend was just like torched. Uh, the, the schedule got absolutely hammered and not uh, just with in cancellations. Facebook, like, or did I say Facebook? I didn't mean to say Facebook. Not just in Texas. <laughs> yeah. No, everywhere. I was looking at Facebook. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
It was it no, was across, this was it was across the nation. I think there were eighteen or nineteen games that got canceled. It was, it was terrible. It was, mm-hmm. it was it was awful. So, but we were left with three games, and I think that the the overall theme to those three games was you had three teams. I think make different kinds of breakthroughs. Texas State beats Arkansas State, and the breakthrough there is they finally won a darn stinking close game. Yeah, um, they had been they had been close, but no cigar, like six times during the season. I mean, they had they had played teams really, really tight, but not been able to get over that hump, not been able to finally make that play. But they finally overcame that. And I'm not here to tell you that Arkansas State is some world beater. This is not some outstanding, unbelievable, oh oh my goodness type win. But what this is instead is that this is a really, like, I think an important moment for Texas State. They needed this to just believe that they can go out there and win a close game. So that was a breakthrough for Jake Spavitol and company. North Texas beats Rice. I was going to say, especially with a shootout like that, because to be able to, like, it wasn't like this was a 10 to 7 and they were just trying to get a field goal, you know, it was. Yeah, it was a shootout, and they finally pulled one off. To have to go back and forth, and to throw haymakers at one another, and to come up with that final haymaker is is impressive. That final play, that's impressive. North Texas beats Rice twenty-seven to seventeen, and the breakthrough I would say is that North Texas finally played a complete game defensively. Mm-hmm. Like they finally put it together. They finally found an impact player in Dion Noble. They finally got after it, and they finally like lived up to what we thought could have been a decent defense in the preseason. Obviously, has not been over the course of the season, but that was impressive. And and I was um, I thought that was one of the nice breakthroughs for Texas State. Now it's too little, too late to salvage their season in any sort of meaningful way. But if you want to talk about building for the future. That's the kind of thing that you can do is, is get a complete game from your defense to beat Rice. And then UTSA. Look, we've, we've, because we talk about Conference USA a lot, we've talked a lot about Southern Miss. Um, I'm, I'm not here to tell you Southern Miss is a great team, okay? But UTSA has six wins in their first year under Jeff Trailer. Um, that's like a huge step forward. That's a huge improvement. And what I appreciate about them is that they can they are winning games in different ways. They're winning games defensively like they did here. They 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 won with their defense when their offense was not at their best. They won last week against UTEP by pulling away offensively and really finding their their footing offensively. They have won a variety of different games in different ways. And that's impressive. And 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 so I think when you're talking about those three teams, the three winners this week, Texas State, North Texas and UTSA, I think they all had breakthroughs in their own way. So, um that's thought number 2. And thought number three, we meet again. It is rematch time in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We are here. There are a lot of games scattered hither and yon that are rematches of games that either we've seen this year or we're used to seeing. So, for example, I'll give you an example, right? Lindale is going to play Tyler Chapel Hill. That's a that's a those are district bunk mates. That is a rematch, right? We have the entirety of 13-3A Division One sweep their region. So we've got a pair of rematches there. Uh, when um, did I get that right? Yeah, three thirteen three A Division Two. When Franklin plays Lexington and Rogers beat Buffalo plays Buffalo, those are games that have already happened. 
You've also got games that are rematches of games that we're used to seeing, right? We're going to get Grandview and Malakoff. Those are teams that are used to playing one another. We're going to get Argyle and Waco La Vega. Those are... Mm -hmm. Those are teams that are intimately familiar with one another. Gunner and Wichita Falls City, if you're going to play again, right? These are teams that are used to playing each other that are going to see each other once again. And so that is, to me, the most the, what I'm going to be keeping my eye on is, is there a difference, right? Is there a difference in, in what, how do you measure what happened maybe five weeks ago, six weeks ago, sometimes maybe it's eight weeks ago with what's going on now? And that's going to be kind of a challenge for, for coaches to, to, to find new wrinkles. And it's going to be a challenge for us as, as dumb dumbs who talk about it to figure out what's going on. So those are three big thoughts. Thought number, or rather, three helmet stickers. Helmet sticker for Wiley quarterback Marcus McElroy. He went 7-12 for 110 yards and two touchdowns passing and another 109 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. A helmet sticker for Marcus McElroy of Wiley. A helmet sticker to Malakoff running back Deuce Hart, and I feel like you probably could have given it to the whole Malakoff offense, but Deuce Hart was crazy in this game. 134 yards and five touchdowns rushing in this one uh, in their big win over Pottsboro. Uh, I believe he had five touchdowns maybe in the first half. I mean, he was insane. Malakoff uh, running back Deuce Hart gets a helmet sticker. And a helmet sticker to Wichita Falls City View linebacker Jordan Dunham, who came up with, or Durham rather, came up with 21 tackles, two sacks and six tackles for loss, just straight up living in the backfield as City View is through to the regional semifinals. A helmet sticker for Jordan Durham, the linebacker at City View. Three teams to watch. Balmeray, mm-hmm. you know, we talked a little bit about this on Friday, but Balmeray's win over Jayton, I think, sets them up as no worse than the co-favorite to win the 1A Division II bracket uh, championship. Now, a lot of work to go from here. Right, they've still got to this week. They take on um, Motley County. Motley County, of course, played for a title last year. Motley County, I think, is better than they were at the beginning of the season. So that's certainly something worth worth recognizing. But uh, I think Balmeray's got to be, you know, depending on what happens with Calvert and Richland Springs. I mean, Richland Springs got to get past Calvert. That's not a foregone conclusion. And so I think Balmeray may be your favorite to come out of Region One, I think or, just- uh, to come out of Region Two, and and perhaps win the the whole darn thing. I think so, absolutely. But the one thing is you've got to keep mentally engaged of saying, yeah, we might have beat number mm-hmm. two, but don't underestimate the rest of the bracket because that's where they could get themselves in trouble. Yeah. You're exactly right. A&M Commerce. What? Yes, I don't know if you know this, Pickle. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But AM Commerce uh, played this weekend. Mm-hmm. They played a fall game. It was a fall scrimmage. Uh, the defense uh, won 27-18 in the, in the fall game. So uh, uh, David Bailiff's uh, squad got out there and played. I know that they, uh, you know, we, 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 that's a team we haven't talked about all season because they have not been playing. Uh, but yeah, AM Commerce. Uh, keep an eye on them. Uh, interested to see where this goes from there as far as their preparation. That's going to be a huge, whole other offseason topic is how do you – because I, I don't believe they're playing in the spring. And so and so it's going to be – yeah, they canceled the whole season. And so how do they prepare for 2021? That will be interesting to see. And Alito. Alito takes down Mansfield Timberview uh, 44-28 or 429. Um, convincingly, uh, 
on their third string quarterback to win their 94th consecutive district game. Uh, That is awfully impressive. And for all we've talked about Ennis as the number one team, and Ennis certainly took care of business with their win over North Forney, uh, Alito snapped back at them and said, all right, we're right here too, Mm -hmm. uh, boys. So, yeah. Awfully impressive uh, from Alito. Keep an eye on them. Of course, we know you will. Three to see. Three games this weekend I'm excited about. All in the high school ranks because I'm just not counting on any college games at this point. Uh, Argyle and Waco La Vega, 7.30 p.m. Friday in Joshua. Um, look, tradition has been that Argyle wins a regular season. La Vega wins in the playoffs. Does tradition hold? Um It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I like remember they they play in the regular season and and Argyle torched them. Or Argyle real dominated them. Can how much has Lavega grown since then? It's a huge question. Uh, in five A, five A Division two, how about number eight Wichita Falls Rider versus number nine Lubbock Cooper um, for a district title? Awesome game. Really excited about this one. Uh, I, I want to see what Jacob Rodriguez, the quarterback for Ryder, can do against what's been a really good Lovett Cooper defense. That game's going to be a lot of fun. And finally, Dehennis and Falls City uh, in 2A Division II Region 4. Dehennis, uh, uh, one of those under-the-radar undefeated teams, they have been fantastic. They get a big test against maybe the Region 4 favorite, or at least the traditional Region 4 favorite in Falls City. That will be fun to watch. So that's going down at 7 o'clock Friday in Jordanton at Indian Stadium. Those are three to see. That is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. If you subscribe today, the first magazine you'll get is the 2020 Recruiting Edition, which we sent to press on Friday. So, yeah, Woo-hoo. maybe a little bit, I guess, maybe I had to run this by the boss man, but we could probably reveal the cover coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pickles we're going to print them, so yeah. Rising Star right here. Yeah, yeah. She's just flexing just the gun show. Um, I did yeah. on Friday. All right. <laughs> you did what? I flexed the what? cannons. I flexed the cannons on air. Did you really? Uh-huh. Yep. I must have I must have I must have not been been on it because that I mean because I my Friday night experience was obviously very different because I was doing it from home mm-hmm. so I was not engaged in the show the entire time so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm very sad I missed that it's okay I have somebody a if you have that you do mm-hmm. okay can you can you can you try to cue that up for final thoughts yeah I can do that perfect all right, I'll do this in the meantime. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is unveiling its Week 14 statewide Texas high school football rankings on Monday at TexasFootball.com. The rankings are compiled by the Dave Campbell's Texas football staff. DCTF has published the state's most respected Texas high school football rankings for decades and is the official rankings provider for the Associated Press since 2019. Weekly rankings are revealed live on Texas Football Today every Monday at 1230. It's actually 1225, so not bad. Uh, and complete rankings can be found at TexasFootball.com slash rankings. A reminder uh, that we are not updating playoff rankings for or rankings for the uh, division, the classifications rather, that are in the playoffs. So no 4A, 3A, 2A, and 1A rankings. Those are final. You can find those at TexasFootball.com. Uh, this is the last week for the private school rankings. Well, private school rankings will freeze after this week. So 
please know that. All right, let's start with 6A. And in the 6A rankings, we do have a little bit of movement courtesy of some major games, including a move from Pearland Dawson, who is up a pair of spots after their 31-28 win over Alvin Shadow Creek, up to number 17. Number 12, uh, Shadow Creek drops from 12 to 21 after their loss. Everything else pretty chalky. The top 10 is unchanged. North Shore still number one. Duncanville still number two. Um, every, uh, new to the rankings, as we lost one team at the bottom of the rankings, uh, new to the rankings, Euless Trinity sneaking into the rankings at number 25 with a 59-7 win over Weatherford. Those are your 6A rankings. To 5A we go. We start with 5A Division One, where only a small amount of movement here. Uh, everyone was a winner or idol, but some more convincing than others. Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial jumps two spots, leapfrogging Longview and Frisco Lone Star to jump from number nine to number seven after their very impressive 34-17 win over previously unbeaten Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. The top five unchanged, Denton Ryan, Highland Park, Lancaster, Cedar Park, and Manville. Over in 5A Division II, uh, we have some uh, we have a little bit of movement. Uh, number five Frisco loses to Lucas Lovejoy. That drops him to 10th, right behind number nine Lovejoy, who makes their debut in the rankings after their impressive 38-28 win over the Raccoons. Mansfield Timberview drops out from number 10, uh, or number seven rather. They are out of the rankings. Uh, Liberty Hill jumps up a couple, or Wichita Falls Ryder jumps up a pair of spots to number six. Liberty Hill jumps up three spots after a drubbing of Austin Navarro. Uh, they are up to number uh, 10. Lubbock Cooper up a spot to number 9. Top 3, top 4 rather, unchanged. in Ennis, Alito, Fort Bend Marshall, and Huntsville. And finally, the final private school rankings for 2020. We'll start with the 11-man rankings where they are unchanged from last week. Trinity Christian Cedar Hill did get a win over South Oak Cliff. And Parish Episcopal won their first round playoff game over Dallas Bishop Lynch. Everyone else was idle. So your final rankings for the 11-man private school ranks. Fort Worth Nolan 1, Trinity Christian Cedar Hill 2. San Antonio Cornerstone 3, Dallas Parish Episcopal 4, and Dallas Christian 5. At the six-man ranks, those are also unchanged. The top three were Idle and Austin Veritas, uh, Fredericksburg Heritage, and New Braunfels Christian. Bastard Tribe consolidated one via forfeit, and Dallas Lake Hill took down Rockwall Heritage Christian 54-8 to remain the same at number five. So those are your final private school rankings, and those are your week 14 Dave Campbell's Texas football, Texas high school football rankings. You can find these at texasfootball.com slash rankings. So go check that out now. Meanwhile, Pickle, what's that? Um, we had a question, and I wanted to make sure that I was right on this. Um, okay. Someone was asking when 5 and 6A playoffs are starting. That's the week, like the 10th, 11th, and 12th. Correct? Yes. So we've got two more weeks of the regular season for for 6A and 5A. We've got this week is week 10 of their season. Thanksgiving week is week 10. Next week will be the 11th and final week of the regular season. The first 6A and 5A playoff games will be played on Thursday, December 10th. Okay? Thursday, December 10th. So that's two weeks from Thursday is the first round of the playoffs. That will also be – that's what's going to be really weird. I was thinking about this today. Those will be, you'll have the by district round of the 6A and 5A playoffs. You will be in the state semifinals mm-hmm. of the uh, 4A, 3A, and 2A. And 1A, by the way, 1A will already have their title game set. They're taking that week off. So, yeah, it's it's a bizarre, bizarre year, and it's only going to get crazier coming up Especially here. Especially because uh, there will be 5 and 6A playoff games going on during the week of state. 
which is just there'll be games presumably i mean look uh, I mean, we have this. We 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 got the schedule from the UIL that they're going to be running the games uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at AT and T Stadium in Arlington. There will presumably on Thursday and Friday, there will presumably be playoff games happening during the state championship games. Like one of the one of the things that I like one of the reasons that they want to do the Central Site uh, Texas High School Football State Championship games is so that there's only one game going on at a time and it can be televised, right? Uh, you can't do that, like because you got to. You that's the area round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like there's 16 games in each bracket, yeah. and there are four brackets, so you got to get all through all those games. Anyway, there's that. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in in conjunction with the Texas Bulls, proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award to the most deserving high scorer in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com unveils 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com for which player you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Voting closes each Friday at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Your Week 13 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. El Paso quarterback Jan Arias went 21 of 29 for 364 yards and three touchdowns passing. He also had 71 yards and three touchdowns on the ground as El Paso snapped a 12-game losing streak. Allen Cooper running back Noah Garcia, just same song, different verse for this kid, 272 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. He also had 39 yards receiving. Refurio athlete Jordan Kelly Four catches, 170 yards, and two touchdowns receiving, 24 yards rushing. He returned an interception, 52 yards for a touchdown. He had six tackles, two tackles for loss, and a pa- and two pass breakups. So, pretty good. <laughs> Melissa running back Braden Smith carried the ball 24 times for 233 yards and three touchdowns on the ground and had 18 yards receiving to go along with that. Huntsville wide receiver Jordan Woodbury, 13 catches, 260 yards, and three touchdowns receiving in Huntsville's big win over Montgomery Lake Creek. Klein Kane running back Jaden Blue, 237 yards and five touchdowns rushing, and he added 27 yards receiving. Cristoval quarterback and defensive back Braden Wilcox, 183 yards and four touchdowns rushing, 208 yards and three touchdowns passing. He returned a he returned an 80. Uh, I'm sorry, he returned a punt 88 yards for a touchdown, and he also returned an interception back for a two point conversion. Good. So, yeah, that'll do. Have yourself a day, Jordan. <laughs> uh, Midland Lee running back McKaylin Young ran the ball for 301 yards and three touchdowns on the ground uh, for Midland Lee running back McKaylin Young. Lindale running back Jordan Jenkins. We're getting into the two most ridiculous stat lines of the week. Mm-hmm. Lindale running back Jordan Jenkins carried the ball for 302 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground and also returned a kickoff 100 yards for a score in Lindale's crazy win over Needville. Another game like where the entertainment level was sky high. And finally, Corpus Christi Miller quarterback Andrew Body. Threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns passing. He also ran for 267 yards and four touchdowns on the ground in Miller's upset win over land passes. So those are your Week 13 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. Vote early, vote often, vote now at texasfootball.com. Finally, Pickle, let's do this. Yeah. 
Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to honor one coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach, uh, uh, each coach selected in this with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your Week 13 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. In 6A, Jason Tucker from Haltom. After starting the season 0-2, Coach Tucker's Buffaloes have caught fire in District 3, uh, 3-6A, winning five straight games to put themselves in contention to win their second title in District title in three years. They took down Saginaw Boswell 31-7, going or trailed Saginaw Boswell 31-7 going into the fourth quarter, but rattled off 28 straight points to win 35-31 and clinch a playoff spot. In 5A, Ray Aguilar Jr. from El Paso High. Coach Aguilar's Tigers snapped a 12-game losing streak Wednesday night, knocking off El Paso Jefferson in overtime to earn a thrilling 42-36 win. It's their first win since 2018 season finale. In 4A, Brian Bell from China Spring. Coach Bell's Cougars are proving everyone wrong in the postseason, as on Friday night, China Spring picked up their second straight win over a state-ranked opponent, taking down perennial power West Orange Stark 35-22 to advance the 4A Division II Region Three semifinals. In 3A, Whitney Keeling from Wascom. In a good old-fashioned East Texas showdown at Lobo Stadium, Coach Keeling's Wildcats improved to 10-1 of the season as Wascom stopped a two-point conversion on the game's final play to knock off Dangerfield 28-27 and advance to the regional semifinals. In 2A, Michael Patterson from Snook. Coach Patterson's Blue Jays earned their first-ever trip to the regional semifinals on Friday, rolling past a good Yorktown squad 52-23 to earn their fifth straight victory and improved to seven and four on the year. In 1A, Vance Jones from Balmeray. In a matchup of number one versus number two in 1A Division II, Jones's Bears used a second half surge to take down Jayton and advance to the regional final with a 90 to 46 victory. In the private school ranks, Greg Koch from Temple Holy Trinity. A year after a disappointing one and nine campaign, Coach Koch's Celtics showed just how far they've come beating Galveston O'Connell 112-66 in a first-round playoff matchup. So those are your Week 13 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all of them. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. I'm going to take a sip of coffee because I've been talking a lot. This is mm. fair. Okay. All right, Pickle. Normally, this would be the time where we do our campus crawl. But... There's no reason to do that. <laughs> there are only three games this week, right? Mm-hmm. Three games involving four Texas teams. And so, it kind of struck me. as like, this seems dumb. We're going to go, Baylor did not play. Did not play. Uh, yeah, it's like, Baylor, Houston did not play. Did not play. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, would, it, it doesn't seem like it would be... Did yeah, not play. did not play. So, instead, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about each game and what we're going to call the college football whip around. Let's do a college football whip around. We'll talk about the three games we did play, we, we did see this week. We'll start with Texas State 47, Arkansas State 45. Uh, by the way, I want you to listen to Republic of Football, our outstanding college football podcast, mm-hmm. as Ishmael Johnson and Chahanji Raja break down each and every one of these games way more in depth than I will. Um, look. It wasn't pretty for Texas State, but at this point, Texas State is not in the position to start arguing about um, the... Uh, style points don't points. matter at this point. Yeah, start arguing about style points. I will just say this. 
I think this was what we were finally looking for from Brady McBride. I think that when they brought in Brady McBride as the transfer from Memphis, I think they looked at him and they said, this is the guy we expect to see every single week. He goes 32 of 45 or 443 yards and five touchdowns, and more importantly, no interceptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, They weren't able to run the ball, which is still a concern for me, but it doesn't matter if you've gotten that kind of passing game. He was spectacular in this game. I thought that there were all receivers. Like they really spread out. Jeremiah Heidel had a big game. Marcel Barbie had a nice game as well. Uh, Travis James, uh, Travis Graham uh, Jr. did. This is a really, really well-rounded offensive attack. Now look, do I recommend giving up 654 yards of offense? No. No. It's going to be a no from me. Okay. I don't want them to. I do not want them to give up 600 yards total offense. But wins are wins. And this felt like the win, like, in a time where it kind of felt like, I think that Texas State fans would have been within their rights to feel like, is this thing teetering? Like, is this thing not going well? This felt important. This felt like the kind of win you need to get uh, just for the sake of, um, you know, just for the sake of confidence. Look, again, it's a lost season for Texas State, okay? It's a lost season. I'm not here to argue anything other than that. But... This was an important win to build on. And especially if they're going to get this kind of production from Brady McBride, they've got a lot of things to look forward to then. So uh, a great one for Texas State. They improved 2-9 and nine on the year. North Texas 27, Rice 17. How much of this game did you watch? I know you're a North Texas alum. All of it. Did you really? Good for you. Yeah, I was at the game. Oh, were you? I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in the um, same uh, place as your boy Bloom. So I figured you'd be fine. So, I know. Me more. Um, so this was all about, in my mind, this is all about the North Texas defense. They finally played a complete game. They forced a pair of turnovers. They were plus two in the turnover margin. Mm-hmm. Plus two in the turnover margin. That's that's what you got to do. And more importantly, they like they were a team that one thing they had not been good at is they have not been good on the margins. In fact, let me look this up. What was their defensive third down ranking coming into this year? Because it had to be just awful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they were. So this is including this week's game. Okay, including this week's game, they are ninety first in opponents' third down conversion. They are allowing forty four and a half percent of third downs to be converted on them. They held Rice to three of 12 on third down. Mm-hmm. That is huge. They got them off the field and they had an opportunity. Dion Noble absolutely ate in this game. Mm-hmm. He was he was the dominant force in this game. Look, do I think, was the was the North Texas offense great? No. Uh, I thought DeAndre Torrey was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Jason Bean managed the game. He didn't throw, he didn't throw the ball into trouble too often. It wasn't like he was not sharp, but he didn't necessarily need to be. The defense led the way on this one, and and that's what was so important, so important, so impressive. Um, well, on the right well, side, you talked about it earlier when you said like breakthroughs come in different ways. I think that there was a big breakthrough after obviously you look at the Middle Tennessee game, which was the last game that they played in over a month, where they kind of decided, okay, look, it looks like Bean can be our guy, but was this just a one-off game? And I think the fact that they had those five weeks to figure out, no, this is our guy, I think that's a huge breakthrough for them kind of having more stability at that quarterback position because at the early part of the year it was like, we don't know who's going to be the starter. So that to me seemed to make the offense go a lot better. 
So here's a weird thing is that I was going to say, well, it's a bit of a lost season for North Texas, but they're three and three. Yep. I know it feels like it's been ugly, but like they're three and three. Mm-hmm. For Rice, on the other hand, like, you know, look, I it's a road game. The offense obviously didn't show up in the way that they needed to. Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to get really mad at them. One thing that I would say is that like this was the first time this is what happens when they don't run the ball. Like, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, like they've asked Mike Collins to come in here and be the savior. He's been, he was pretty good in this game, I would say. Um, but they, like, they found themselves in third and forever too often in that game. The offensive line, I thought, really let them down. Um, they weren't able to run the ball. And, and while Mike Collins, the numbers are pretty, um, I thought that overall the offense struggled in, in a real way. And that's what happens when they don't run the ball. Um, I would love to go through and break down the numbers of like what happens. Like now they've only played three games. So it's still a really small sample size, but mm-hmm. love to break down. Like they run for this amount when they win and they run for this amount when they lose. And that's, I know that's a bit of, and I'm going to get too far in the weeds. Like that's a bit of like, uh, uh, like a tail wagging dog in the sense that sometimes you, you run more when you're winning and so sometimes the numbers aren't, you know what I mean? Like you run, you don't, you don't run to win. win you right. win while you're running or mm-hmm. yeah. No backwards. Like you run, you run when you're winning. winning that makes yes. sense. So, but I do want to break that down and kind of go through probably in the off season. I'll probably kind of look, go through all their film with a fine tooth comb and see what I can find as far as that. Disappointing for Rice. They're one and two on the year. Finally, let's talk about UTSA. Look again, not, not pretty. Okay. Not pretty. This game was three to two at one point mm-hmm. in the second quarter. But and 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 look, for all the steps we saw last week against UTEP, uh, for Frank Harris, this was a decided step backwards. He was not very good in this game. Nope. But Sincere McCormick got cooking, man. And and sometimes you just sometimes you just say, Hey, why don't we just make the entire plane out of Sincere McCormick? Mm-hmm. Like he's a star. He's our star. And he car- He was a workhorse. 32 carries, 173 yards, and t- two touchdowns. I wonder if that's the most carries Texas running back has had this year. Um, but he was great. The defense bowed up when they needed to, right? Uh, again, not spectacular, but they bowed up when they needed to. Uh, they held Southern Miss uh, just 6 of 15 on third downs. Um, and, and, yeah, this was a team that they, they got after it. And, and I, I really think it's important for us to, re, to, to reflect on the fact that in this first year, Jeff Trailer has this team at 6-4. 6-4, mm-hmm. and, four. and four, and by the way, the rest of their schedule, let's see. What's the rest of their schedule? Um, they play North Texas this week, and that's the final game of the year. Like 7-4 and four is a very real one – would, one would probably say they are favored to finish 7-4. and four. Yeah. Like seven wins. That would be Crazy. really impressive for a first-year coach mm-hmm. and a great step in the right direction. Look, Frank Harris has been, I think, what, you, what you've expected from a young quarterback kind of who's like being thrown into the mix of like he's, he's not exactly um, what we, you know, he's not a finished product, but I don't think anybody necessarily expected him to be a finished product. But what he is is he is a guy who I think is a, can affect the game and you have to, you have to respect. He's established that much. And now they've got, and beyond that, they've got the hammer in sincere McCormick that you can just give the ball to him. I also thought the defense was spe- was really really good, you know, on the on the margins. Just a great win for UTSA, man. Well, uh, six and, and four, thing, great shot, seven wins. I mean, the other thing is too the people that they've lost to are 
people that you would expect them to lose to. They've won right. every game that you can expect. Because, I mean, BYU, number eight in the nation. And they gave them a little bit of a struggle. Same thing with Army. Mm-hmm. You lose to UAB, who's the number one in yeah. Conference USA. It's like they've taken care of business, even if it's yeah. an ugly win like this over Southern Miss. But it's a game that you should go out there and win. So forget style points, like we keep saying. You, They've won every game that they should have. Right. And by the way, you know, look, they're probably not winning CUSA West. Like UAB's had such a weird schedule. They've, they've only played seven games so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're probably not winning CUSA West. But like, I think they've established themselves as very clearly the second best team in CUSA West. Like mm-hmm. very clearly. We, we had an inkling when it, whenever they lost to, uh, to or whenever they, they beat Louisiana Tech in that thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Um, yeah, so there you go. That is your college football whip around. Hopefully we have more games to talk about next week. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, I think that we can end it with saying make sure to text the text line if you have an idea for yeah. a Thanksgiving segment on Wednesday. I think that's... 972 monk Let us know. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. I forgot to turn on the camera. No! For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.